0: Hey, everyone. We're excited to announce the opening of Only Human, the very first exhibit featuring New Ink artists Sugun Chung, Lisa Park, and Hammerstep, comprised of Jason Aramis and Garrett Coleman, in collaboration with researchers from Nokia Bell Labs. The exhibit opens soon, April 29th at Mana Contemporary in Jersey City, New Jersey, Beginning at one, go to manacontemporary slash onlyhuman. That's m a n a contemporary dot com slash onlyhuman for more information. You may need to reserve tickets for some performances, but they're free. According to Mana, the three projects in Only Human are focused on themes of human computer collaboration and intersubjectivity, the nature of interpersonal relationships in a digitally mediated world surveillance and power dynamics in a technocratic society, and the inevitable compromises that define our symbiotic relationship with technology. Each project strives to emphasize qualities that seem innately human, empathy, intuition, and unspoken forms of communication like gesture, touch, rhythm, and motion. The works consider what distinguishes human nature from the tools that we create, while these tools are inherently part of us, they are also a product of our own imaginations. And in addition to performances throughout May from the Artists, only human will celebrate the collaboration that started it all. E-A-T, Experiments in Art and Technology, which was co-founded by Bell Labs engineers Billy Kluver and Fred Waldauer, and artists Robert Rauschenberg and Robert Whitman in the 1960s. There will be two galleries full of archival material, including Story of E.A.T., a first-hand account containing images and text compiled and arranged by Kluver himself, as well as original films from the historic Nine Evenings Theater and Engineering Performances, which took place in New York City in 1966. On Saturday, May 12th of this year, there will be a symposium entitled Experiments in Art and Technology, Then and Now which explores the through-line between Nine Evenings and Bell Labs' recent relaunch. I had a chance to chat with Marcus Weldon, Bell Labs' president and Nokia CTO, to get his take on the exhibit. He's pretty excited. Check it out. And after that, we're rerunning episode nine of the series, entitled Go Where You Are Rare, in which we hear firsthand from Sugwin, Lisa, Jason and Garrett, New Ink's director, Julia Kagansky, and Bell Labs' Dunal Hernan talking about the work that will be debuted. Once again, you can get more information and free tickets at manacontemporary.com slash onlyhuman. That's M-A-N-A contemporary dot com slash onlyhuman. Now, here's me and Marcus talking about the exhibit. After that, please enjoy episode nine. So Marcus, a couple of episodes back, we had the good fortune to speak with the first new class of artists in residence uh, as the part of the re-energized EAT project. And it was really, really exciting. It was a fun show to do because, you know, it's having these artists talk about their ideas and how they intersect with all the work that you guys are doing was really exciting. And, and you know, where we sit now is we're on the verge of the first public exhibition of a lot of that work.
1: Yeah, I'm very pleased with how, as, as you know, we, we started the resurrection of EAT a couple of years ago and you were instrumental in that uh, and we met you there. And, and this is probably the first serious exhibit we've done. We've done performances with BT and uh, with working on stuff with REAPS1, the uh, Beatboxer, and we've had some local performances here in the Anacoke Chamber uh, and some collaborations that ha- haven't yet panned out. The New Museum, New Ink one has been fantastic. Yeah. I think it's because we're, we're matched. Uh, one of the things we found, there are some artists who don't really want external input. And we are an organization that likes to give input. We like to say, hey, we've got an idea, and we like to have, have a dialogue about that idea. And so what New Ink in particular, but New Museum team, they love this idea that someone else can, can talk to an artist and influence that idea, and the artist doesn't have to exist in isolation for it to be high art. Right. And so they tend to foster uh, these uh, artists in New Inc who actually want to have a commercial aspect, but commercial isn't mercenary. Mm-mm. It's simply they want to interact with the world and take feedback from the world to, to adapt their art, sometimes in exchange for money, but sometimes just in exchange for understanding what problems exist that, you know, that their art could perhaps express. And so we've found these great projects of, the is there, but it's used to do great art. In the service of art, In the
0: service of art. It it paves the way for the vision. It it isn't the sum total of the vision.
1: It's not, and often the artists will say, if only I could do this, I could do something much more, and then we try and help them do whatever that thing is because we're good at that. Uh, And equally, they'll come and see what we have and say, no, no, I've seen that. My art could be much more expressive. And we never push anything hard, we just like that resonance. We're always looking for resonances and artists saying, I think about the world this way. We say, we think about the world this way from a humanistic tech point of view, a future human. And when those two come together and we've got technologies that help express that shared vision, I think that's wonderful and that's what's happened with the artists in residence. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the opening. It's three great projects, right? So there's it's
0: going to be Hammerstep? Hammerstep, So Su- and,
1: and Lisa Park. Lisa, okay, great. And, and so each of them very different. Hammerstep is a performance of a future world, right. Indigo Grey. Uh, Do the, you know how long that performance will be? I think it's 30 minutes.
0: Wow. That's what I've heard. And uh, and in their vision, they are talking about how it's like audience interactive. Audience all, interactive. You go into a room,
1: and you'll be part of a performance. Uh, then there's a blossoming... Cherry tree. Right, that's Lisa. Lisa, and then there's Sogwen with the... uh, Which is
0: also audience interactive, right? Yeah, because
1: as you interact with people and you have proximity and emotional resonance, the tree blooms, and it's a way of physically expressing uh, something that you perceive but perhaps don't know. Or, you know, you need... It's just a lovely way of expressing how people coming together changes things in a visceral, physical way. And then there's uh, robot art in response to... Traffic cameras in New York City, right? At intersections. Wait,
0: what? Yeah. I didn't know that was a piece of it. Yeah. For so Sugeman's so in incorporating traffic cameras? Yeah, so it's... I hate those
1: things. Yeah, but they're there monitoring intersections which are informing the robot movement as default, and then superimposed on that is her art. Oh so my in other God. words, it's a hybrid of city and artist... Being manifested in robot movement. How oh, cool!
0: Yeah. All three of those are, are, are showing in a space in New
1: Jersey. In Jersey City, yeah. and In a space there, which is a large floor and it'll run for a month. So we've never. Oh, we've, I didn't realize that. It's a yeah. month. Wow. Yeah, so there's a kickoff and then the artists will be present a few times throughout the month, but you can buy tickets and it's a proper art exhibit, which for us is a first. Wow. April 29th is the kickoff and then it runs several nights a week, and then periodically the artists will show up and do a workshop. So if you, if you aren't there on the opening uh, VIP session, you'll get a chance to actually go back and talk to the artists about their piece. And uh, obviously they can't be there the whole time, uh, but they're going to schedule time when they're there and you can interact with them. So I, I think a wonderful thing to do and uh, very excited. EAT had nine evenings. Yeah, It's our sort of equivalent of that. Come and see stuff uh, that, that we've created with artists. Well, you know, we've helped them create and, and we really take this very seriously because we've learnt in this process. It's not just one way funding of art for the good of humankind, which I think is important. It's also that we learn how they think and that modifies our future technology thinking. So they definitely feed back into us. So we then create technologies that allow humans to express themselves better, which gets to our whole thing about humans expressing themselves better is a goal that Bell Labs had
2: for a lot of artists working with technology there has never really existed an art market to support that work
3: the arts are a way to bring people back together and create new dialogues during difficult times in our history you know, a cultural meeting point where we can shake hands with people
4: without uh, having any prior knowledge of who they are and not having any judgment in in that process you know i think that's that was a powerful sort of starting point
5: there's a quote that i really like which is go where you are rare.
0: (laughs) From Nokia Bell Labs, this is Future Human, a series about the human potential of technology. If you've listened to episode one of this series, and you should, but we're not going to stop everything and wait, then you're familiar with Experiments in Art and Technology, or EAT, the groundbreaking collaboration between avant-garde artists and Bell Labs engineers that began over 50 years ago. Today, we're going to find out what inspired Bell Labs to pick up the thread a half a century later. We'll also hear directly from several artists and residents about the work they're doing with the company to help understand and perhaps inspire the future of human interaction. This is episode 9. Go where you are rare. Let's acquaint ourselves with the owner of that lovely brogue you just heard.
6: I'm Dunal Hernan. I'm from Ireland, living in New Jersey the last couple of years, and I head up what's called Innovation Incubation and Experiments in Arts and Technology at Bell Labs.
0: To understand why he's in charge of EAT, you need only two additional facts. Doonal has a PhD in fluid mechanics, and he's an Irish fiddle player of some renown. So that whole left brain, right brain thing is in full effect.
6: The engineer or scientist like myself we're trained to reduce things down to the solvable part and then we get our blinkers on and never see outside what is the solution for that one problem we're trying to challenge. And then the artist is exactly the opposite. They start with something that's tiny and you might think has not much significance from our engineering training and then they build a universe around it. So they're very non-linear, divergent
0: thinking and they're exceptionally creative in their approach. Like many of her peers, Su Guin Chung one of the artists in residence, was already familiar with the EAT legacy when she was tapped to participate.
5: The original EAT really was more like a mythology <laughs> uh, to me, and my impression of it was really that of myth because it was so seminal to um, artists engaging in like media art today. The caliber of artists and the caliber of technologists that sort of came together uh, for the original EAT was a beacon of inspiration for so many people. It's something that hadn't really been done since. I had a lot of respect for what the previous institution did and was really excited when I heard they were going to do a revival.
0: Sugwin is one of the artists who came onto Bell Labs Radar via Julia Kagansky, the director of New Inc in New York City.
2: New Inc. is a museum-led incubator focused on art, design, and technology. It's a program run by the New Museum, founded in 2014. It's a shared workspace and a professional development program geared towards creative practitioners and creative entrepreneurs.
0: As Julia sees it, New Inc. is a spiritual heir of Bell Labs' formative ethos.
2: The community was always designed to be a bit of a melting pot of different disciplines and skills and ideas, and this was the Bell Labs mentality. When it was first founded, it was radical because it was designed to be an interdisciplinary space where you had material scientists sitting alongside mathematicians sitting alongside chemists, and like
5: those people had never mixed and mingled
0: it's easy to see how Suguin fits the bill.
5: I'm an artist and technologist working within the realms of human and robot collaboration and virtual reality.
0: In her work, she draws live, accompanied by an artificial intelligence enhanced robotic arm, which is also drawing.
5: For generation one, my focus was largely on mimicry. I wanted to sort of perform a drawing duet with this mechanical unit that was sort of a challenge to my practice because you invite a lot of spontaneity and you invite a lot of uh, mystery <laughs> when you're drawing with a robotic arm. and And the mechanism around it is I draw on the page and through a really simple computer vision algorithm the robot draws and reflects what I'm doing on the other side of the page. And as I do that I sort of go into the robot's drawing territory and it becomes this intermingling of lines and I think, intention.
0: The next iteration of her work, which she's been incubating in her studio at Bell Labs New Jersey headquarters, seeks to flip the man-machine relationship on its head.
5: We don't give them agency. It's about our agency being communicated through it. And that's a little weird. I mean, that's a little, like, subclass of worker. It's the less imaginative uh, way out, and it's been done before. We've seen The Matrix. We've read the dystopian sci-fi. To buy into that again would just be reiterating the past, and I'm very interested in, I think a lot of my uh, colleagues are interested in uh, doing something new and something fresh.
0: Another multi-hyphenate artist-in-residence, Seth Cluett, holds a PhD and MFA in music composition from Princeton, an MFA in electronic arts from Rensselaer, and a bachelor's from the New England Conservatory of Music. And his work is no less ambitious.
7: This residency is going to culminate in a performance event that will work with a chamber ensemble coming out of the classical music world, but who are keen on experimentation. And so I'm working with these 3D-printed objects that have both loudspeakers and microphones in them that are situated inside of the instruments of the chamber group. Both by sending audio into the instruments, I can alter the interior acoustics of the instruments. By picking up the sound of the instrument, I can allow one player to play inside of another player's instrument. And then through a sort of mobile device interface, I can allow for part of the score to be actually thinking about chamber music, which originally was a very intimate form of music consumption, in a sort of 21st century light. How can we get the audience to feel as though they're a member of the ensemble? How do we get the members of the ensemble to have agency over their interaction with one another in terms of their acoustic result? How can we think of both loudspeaker playback and live sound experiences as a continuum of possibilities? I've been developing new notation systems for classical music that enable real-time interaction with malleable notation that lets some of the elements of the piece be fixed by me that I'm interested in, pitch and overall density of the composition, but also within the notation system gives the performer some choice that's based on their perception at the moment. So if I'm playing this note now, what's the next best rest and the next best pitch to follow that rest for my contribution to the texture presently.
0: His complex project has afforded him
7: lots of interaction with Bell Labs scientists. Someone will bring an idea to the table or do a demo of a thing, and then I go into art-critical mode where we sort of find the uh, weak spots or the spots where we're not thinking enough about the end user or we're not thinking enough about the ethical implications or we're not thinking enough about other ways to do things that are from outside of the sort of current fashionable mode within the technical sphere.
0: His work with the labs has yielded unexpected but entirely
7: welcome outcomes. I've had maybe a half-dozen to a dozen instances in which I've had a meeting with someone, realized they're working on a topic that nests really interestingly with someone else's topic, has nothing to do with my art, but I have the opportunity to go back to the first researcher and say, you should talk with that person over there. They're interested in the same idea and they're looking at it from this angle. And then they go and have a cup of coffee and something else interesting happens. And maybe art happens in the process of that, but also this strange... Artist ability to draw connections across disparate parts of knowledge having a positive impact on the culture of the
0: campus. This is a byproduct of how the artists are treated, says New Inks Kagansky.
2: They are enabled and not trivialized or, or fetishized in, in weird ways, but I think that they are you know, really taken seriously as practitioners who have a specific set of skills and a way of thinking and working that has value and that can contribute something to the work that Bell is doing, which you really don't see that.
0: Lindsay Howard, an independent curator who's the residency producer for the project, underscores the dynamic at play.
8: When I'm at Bell Labs working with the artists here, I'm thinking about what a privilege It is for them to be in this space, but also how much I feel like it's almost a requirement to have artists in the room at the table with these engineers and researchers when they're making those early, very important decisions that might have ethical or social implications that wouldn't be considered without an artist in the room. I often think about how interesting it would have been to have an artist at the table when Facebook was thinking about the like button (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what an artist would have been able to suggest about that. Um, It's become so much a part of our culture at this point. I just wonder what would happen if we had more artists out strategically placed in, in these kind of places to help tech companies think about how they design and create new ideas.
0: Another New Ink artist in residence, Lisa Park, drafts her audience into her work.
9: I was working on a piece with using a heart rate monitors mm-hmm. and then using audience like an instrument. They're using their body as an instrument. So their heartbeat, each one of them is controlling a specific instrument sound like violin, piano, marimba, percussion and others. I was acting like a conductor where I was giving them certain instructions like now you guys hold hands to each other, maybe kiss another person. And based on those activities, their heartbeat goes up and down and then that is triggering the speed of the
0: instrument. For her Bell Labs piece, she's channeling homesickness into a timeless symbol of family and rejuvenation.
9: Since I was originally from South Korea, I was missing the physical presence of my family and friends. I was thinking a lot about human relationship, intimacy, how emotions are being influenced based on the touch and the physical presence of the people. And then I was thinking about the cherry blossom tree because I remember the time I was spending with my family being in this cherry blossom festival and then just it's like a ah uh, moment actually a lot of Asian cultures reference cherry blossom tree as a metaphor of life because it is short lived and yeah. then it is very you know beautiful and then it also has a lot of meaning about the um spiritual beauty and then the closeness between the families and friends I'm working on a Projection mapped or three dimensional cherry blossom tree, like oh. a life size. And then that cherry blossom tree will only bloom based on the physical interaction between the people. So only when you have you know, the touch between you and the other person, the flower will start to bloom and then it will collapse to its original state when they don't have a physical touch. The petals falling, that's the end of the experience. Right. So there's like a blooming part and then also the petals falling.
0: Another traditional art form brought together Jason Aramus and Garrett Coleman, co-founders of Hammerstep, a dance collective that blends Irish forms Hip hop, African stepping, and martial arts. Their cross continental partnership began when they both performed in a Boston production of Riverdance. Soon they joined forces, intent on making their own statement.
4: What does a a break dancer on the Boston, rough Boston streets, have in common with, you know, some white dude from Australia that's doing upright Irish dancing? At first you look at it and you're like, nothing. But actually, no, there was a big voice, and we noticed that straight away when we're talking to these guys on the street, and they noticed it with us. It's like, what are we doing? We're expressing ourselves. We're making something powerful happen vocally through our beats, um, you know, emotionally and uh, expressively. And that thing was right there, and that's the thing that we could bond immediately with people without even saying a word to them.
3: Yeah, we grew up in in similar contexts across the world, and and what we found is that the more research we did into hip-hop and African stepping and martial arts and um, capoeira and these kind of styles is that they all came from similar contextual histories of one group of people facing an oppressive force in their backyard and, and having to use cultural forms as a form of dialogue, a form of communication to subvert that oppression. So what we started to look at is where are there crossover points between these forms? You know, what is, in addition to the, the context, how do they rhythmically speak to each other? You look at, like, four, four rhythms, you know, across cultures, and they they sync up. And when you combine those, you layer them um, and you show the, the juxtaposition between them, you start to evoke something that you, you know didn't exist prior. And so in our early experimentation with Hammerstep, we worked with street dancers uh, in the New York City subways. Um, we busked on the streets of New York and Boston. Um, in Washington Square Park, we found a home with uh, a lot of different artists there where we just jammed and just found these points of commonality between very distinct cultures and ever since have been trying to bring those statements to the forefront in a
0: pretty divided world um, to show what could what could be through art. In the spirit of the populist origins of Hammerstep, the duo has been creating a new work as part of their residency, one that aims to break down barriers between audience and performers as never before. It's called indigo gray we are big fans of sleep
4: no more and what they have sort of opened the opening of pandora's box when it came to doing something special and uh, immersive and walking an audience through an experience we as audience members couldn't participate and we weren't encouraged to have any influence or agency on the narrative itself and that's something that we're trying to bring into indigo gray specifically
0: They've created an immersive thematic experience, one that, not unlike Lisa Park's cherry blossom tree, relies on the audience's active input.
3: The world of Indigo Gray is a larger narrative world. We plan on having a series of tiers of involvement. You can be a spectator and, and still have a great time and witness a lot of spectacle stuff and experience what it might be like to live in the future. But there will be rewards for those who are most curious and are most instigative in their involvement and, and most active in their participation. And we're trying to empower the user or at least have uh, let them empower themselves within a fantastical world so then they can step out of that world in their own lives and find new ways to have agency and display novelty within their habitual patterns
0: of existence. The vast production is drawing a lot of support from the team at Bell Labs.
4: We are in the process of Uh, coordinating with the drone team to program flight paths and um, physical-based control of drones into our performance. Our piece uh, involves, in the narrative itself, sort of drone security. These drones are sort of monitoring how people are interacting throughout the show, and they're also hurting people as they go through, so sort of creating these invisible boundaries of where you can and can't go.
0: As Dunal tells it, collaborating with these artists couldn't be any more core to Bell Labs'
6: mission. We often talk about sending the most zero and ones over the network through the air or through a fiber optic cable, but we never think, well, what will the human do with a gigabit per second over the air? We're actually going after this theme, which is to create a new mode of communication between people uh, to break down these barriers that exist between people, race, culture, politics, all these things that are in the world today, and to be able to share emotions, share experience, share sentiment, all these higher kind of order aspects of communication that is completely lost in how humans communicate today. Think about it, our ability to share emotions at a distance using technology is non-existent, and we're trying to build those aspects into what we do.
0: And for the artists, whether it's Seth Cluett's new mode of classical performance, Lisa Park's Heart Rate Monitor symphony, Hammerstep's dystopian rhythmscape, or Su Guin Chung's robot-empowering live draw, the partnership nourishes their boundless vision
5: particularly with media artists and artists working with emerging technological systems and and things, funding is, yeah, it takes a lot of creativity and it takes a lot of energy. There's a quote that I really like, which is, go where you are rare. (laughs) It's a great steering principle for life in general, beyond monetization, right? But I've tried to keep that in mind when I make decisions about my practice, which has led me to, quite organically, going to places where I wouldn't necessarily always fit. Like, uh, that can be tech institutions, that can be deep within the wells of academia, that can be the school in Doha and Qatar doing a workshop, you know, that can be a lot of different places.
0: For more information about the topics discussed today and links to the artist's work, please check out our show notes. And if you like this episode of Future Human, please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to leave a review at iTunes. Future Human is a production of Nokia Bell Labs. This episode was written and produced by me, Sandy Smolens, for Audiation.fm. It was recorded and mixed at The Loft in Bronxville, New York, by Matt Noble who also composed the theme music with me. Additional production by Kelly Kramer. Special thanks to Seth Cluett for providing his piece This Withdrawal of the Body, performed by Newspeak, under Creative Commons license. Lisa Park's music is from her piece Heartmonic, and it was created by Ant Food. And Indigo Gray's original score was composed by Amy Lee, Dave Egger, and Chuck Palmer.
6: Thank